talking about the fuck off. Well, we're about to figure it out because this is episode 71 of Not Politically Correct. What is going down? It's the homie TS, a.k.a. C-Nova. You know, I gotcha. A.k.a. Hankahook, a.k.a. E.T.E., a.k.a. Mexican Raiden, a.k.a. Quentin Quarantino, a.k.a. The Wonton Don. Damn, I mixed all that stuff up, but I still got it all in because you can find me <laughs> at C-Nova KPZ. <laughs> McCoy. Uh... What? He still this got it. Hey, hey, listen, he still got it all in. Let him do what he's doing. It's your boy. As he just said, like, I'm so shy. All right. Uh, it's your boy, Rimacoy. It's your boy, Rimacoy. A.K.A. Mr. What to Do, A.K.A. Young Slash God, A.K.A. No Cap Charlie, A.K.A. Smooth Job Johnny, A.K.A. Doped Up Danny, A.K.A. FBI Mike, A.K.A. Hallway Jones, because yo bitch. Ringtone. Has a ringtone. Yo bitch, yo bitch, yo bitch. Yo bitch. And you, <laughs> yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. Um, and you can find me at <laughs> Real McCoy KPG. That's on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Like once every six months, you dig what I'm talking about. And then you can find me on uh, Snapchat at Real, at Real McCoy Rebel. Cody. <clears throat> Hi, it's Cody, aka Better Down Down, CD Record, and everything. <laughs> Except snap, uh, Cash App. That's true, but um, I think it's Cody dot record or with, there's a dollar sign in the beginning, right? Because cash in. <laughs> Boys, like, who have I been sending my four dollars a month to? What the fuck has been going on? <laughs> it's an OnlyFans page and shit. Like, damn it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, McCoy, you've been late for the past. Nothing. You've been late the past three years. Are we haven't even been recording that long. <laughs> <laughs> Russ Bardman, aka Teddy Russ, aka Smooth Fingers, aka Kid Universal, aka School Wars Q, aka the Progenitor, aka Russ the Bus. Yeah. I almost said the hallway. I'm like, that's not one of mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the hallway. <laughs> I'm a progenitor. <laughs> I clean up the hallways. <laughs> Not, I'm in the gym right pro, now. <laughs> progenitor. Progenitor means the first, nigga. Yeah, the first guy to back up janitors. We here we represent. The first right. guy to unlock the school door so everybody That's else can get it. Cody, he can't read. Um, I, can, I can read. That's my quote. That's me. I'm, I'm the other one. Yeah. yeah. Nah, one gene, no reading. Um, <laughs> I can read one gene. <laughs> U-N-E genes. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> Levi too. Guess this. All right. Uh, Levi too. <laughs> Urban Infiders. Wait. <laughs> Urban Infiders. <laughs> that sounds like a ghetto breeding company. <laughs> right. Straight out of Arkansas. <laughs> um, Arkansas. Uh, you can find me uh, on the chattiest of snaps as actually Thaddeus Snapchatius. Straight like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on uh, IG at Candy Cupidity, C A N D I D underscore C P I D I T Y. That would be really dope if we Pretty young thing. Right. I can't wait to have kids and call one of them an idiot. Out loud and then spell out I D I T Y. You are an idiot. It's straight up I D I T Y. Dad, that's not. Shut up. Shut up. 
That's how much of an idiot you are. <laughs> you, know, you don't know. even know how to spell it. <laughs> um, Pod to this go to. <laughs> I know you got, and I know you as a listener. You, as a listener, you have to be enjoying this banter. We haven't even gotten to the real fucking meat and potatoes yet. But here is how you can stay up to date with what we are talking about. You can actually um, follow us on Facebook at Not Politically Correct. Um, you can join that group and just be a part of all the conversation. You can like the page at, uh, to help us gain more likes <laughs> at NPC Podcast on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Not PC Podcast, which I actually run, and I have actually been trying to tweet more and more. I was going to tweet this morning, but I was trying to set up my music segment, but I will tweet during the podcast and again today, at least once after the podcast. You can hold me to that. And also, anything you can listen to things on, that includes uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, or your podcast app, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, um, all of those things, man. You can listen to us on it. Not politically, not politically correct podcast. Just search that, like that wherever you find it, leave comments wherever you find it, just so you can, you know, let us know how great we're doing, and you know, other people might want to join in. You know, it's like Yelp. Just give us a good review or a shitty one, and either way, people will pay attention to it because they're stupid. Some shady sports. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my brain fried from that. Um, well, um, there is. Uh, let's see, Colin Kaepernick signed his first deal with Walt Disney. So uh, he's going to be. It says uh, he tweeted out, "I'm excited for this partnership with Disney across all of its platforms to elevate black and brown directors, creators." Storytellers and producers. I look forward to sharing culturally impactful and inspiring projects. So you mean he's not going to so. be the new voice of, of uh, Mickey Mouse? <laughs> <laughs> no way! <laughs> I thought he was going to be a new princess. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the inclusion we asked for. He's <laughs> <laughs> got the long hair for it. <laughs> <laughs> he's a uh, very uh, entangled looking ass. Dude, can you explain why? What went in through your head that you thought there was such a thing called a mint bean? We gonna get what? The, just like, what hey, did hey. I read? I, I just read that like five minutes ago, and I'm like, what? What? You gonna see? You gonna see? In the group chat, I'm gonna see mint beans. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Better get your stocks McBoy. now. Red beans and rice. Nah, I don't. I don't mint bean McBoy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a new big boy in the NFL. Uh, Patrick Mahomes just signs a 10-year, $400 million deal. Yeah, woo-woo. <laughs> We're here with the turns <laughs> on big boy. <laughs> he, had two, he had two years and $27.6 million left on his existing deal. Um, $2.8 million this year and uh, $24.8 million in next year, which is nuts. So, yeah, he's a... Uh, Got a 10-year extension worth over $400 million. And that's nuts because he's young, too. And that's they said it's the biggest um, deal in all of sports, which I think is even crazy because, like we talk about a lot, soccer is, like, the biggest all sports. All sports? Like, even ba- – I, base- I know the baseball contracts be crazy. Baseball does a lot because they don't have a salary cap, too. Dude, wait a minute. So, Patrick Mahomes, so, the quarterback of so the it's, Chiefs, is the highest-paid person in sport, has the biggest contract in sports entertainment right now. So yeah, they said uh, ten years up to five hundred three million. So up to um, second is Mike Trout. Uh, he's a baseball player. He is four hundred twenty six and a half million. Canelo Alvarez, I think he's a boxer or MMA fighter. Uh, three hundred sixty five million. Bryce Harper, three hundred 
330 million, and then another baseball player. So that's nuts. That is fucking bonkers. That's one of the, one of the reasons that, that that's crazy is because um, I'm, I'm crazy just, for feeling I'm just so lonely. Of, I'm thinking of um, I just heard that there was a contract for a guy who no longer plays baseball but was signed to the Mets. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Benello. Yeah, him. Every I mean, year he gets yeah. like a, he's like one point four or one point nine million dollars just yeah. from them just on, like annually just random like. It's in his contract until he, like, dies, I believe. Damn. Something crazy like that. It's kind of like how Allen Iversons keep get keep getting money every year from uh, Reebok. <laughs> yeah. Yo, so, and then he has that, um, he has that thing where he turns, uh, when he turns 55, that they give him, um, well, I think he just yeah. turned 50, right? Where they give him, um, he's going to get, like, a $30 million, like. There's no way he just turned 50. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he. Is it 50? No, you might be. No, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Because he came in with Kobe, and Kobe was only like 41, 42. He's 45. He just turned 45 on the 7th. Mm-hmm. Almost the last one. Oh. oh, shit. You were thinking of Amy Iverson. Hey, looking ass. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on in this sports, Cuddy? <laughs> Um, well, speaking of, as we were talking about baseball, uh, their new 60-game um, season for this year, as it got shortened up, they have a new, uh, oh, this is like, shout out to TS, because otherwise I really wouldn't have anything else to talk about. <laughs> hey, um, I pay attention to news. <laughs> he's like, he's like, that's kind of a fucked up story. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they have a new uh, overtime, ru- or overtime, my lord, extra innings rule. Um where they're going to start extra innings with a runner on second base to kind of speed up the process. And so we don't have like 19 some innings and stuff and let it go so long. So I have a quicker, which I think, so they said that they uh, started that out in 2018 with the minor league baseball league. Um, and our boy Christian Yelich uh, really likes that idea a lot. And I think it's kind of cool. So we're not like farting around. I mean, it's, Kind of like a tentative. We'll see how it plays out, and if we want to inlay that into like future seasons. But I think it'd be cool. I honestly don't see why people were there up are people up in arms about it. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. that's humanity. They're Even probably old, and they're like, "That's not baseball. Give me my apple pie and hot dogs." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they exactly. all sound like that. Even the women and shit. I remember a couple. Um, <laughs> A couple years ago, they were talking about changing the the music being played at stadiums. Because, I mean, you, you still have the old dude on the fucking organ playing music in between. And it's like, yo, why don't we just play music? Like, have everything digital. Why don't we still have this nigga on an organ? You shout at them, that's not music. Then what is it? Shut up and take my hot dog, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Just turned into one of those old guys. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> rabble, 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 rabble. Yeah, I mean that's how it sounds like. Anytime anybody <laughs> tries to make any changes in baseball, it's just a bunch of rabble, 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 rabble. <laughs> that is exactly how it's, that's the actual sound that comes out of people's mouth when they're like, <laughs> like rabble, like, rabble, rabble. Have you ever seen that episode of uh, South Park where he? That's hears, what I was referencing. Yeah, that's where it comes from. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, got it. <laughs> I'm late to the joke. Got it. Because you're two thousand and late. Welcome to the classroom, boy. Mm-hmm. Right. I've got a feeling. 
<laughs> Yo, that's a dope song. I have to listen to that after this. Anywho. So, so since you were talking to McCoy, um, what does McCoy have to say about music? I have to say that sports are really looking at. Um, <laughs> music. So, Oh, we could have transitioned. Like, speaking of uh, getting played, you heard already. about Will Smith? And he's oh. in music? <laughs> we're going to transition. Right, Save that. I'll Cody. cut what I said out. Cody, chop it. We're going to tra- <laughs> transition from music. We're going to transition from music and hits. Mm-hmm. Into uh, the other segment. Speaking of hits, Chris Brown has a new no. (laughs) (laughs) Has a new pair of knuckle breakers. (laughs) What are we on today? Apparently, domestic abuse. (laughs) Chris Brown has a new set of nunchucks. Um, (laughs) Did you say nunchucks? No. New pair of spike shoes. (laughs) Um. So. You know, this week I wanted to talk about something, um, everyone. I wanted to talk about producers and how they work well with people. So not just any producers and their work, but so the like best their job. The, right, exactly, exactly. Produce the best rapper slash producer combo throughout throughout the history of hip hop. We have had many. Many, so many that it was hard for me to even like. As I'm making the list of people that I wanted to even discuss today, I feel like I'm. I, the list is small, and I feel like I'm missing. Yes, the, is what she said to you, Cody. Yes, the list is small. <laughs> and, the grocery list. <laughs> and I feel like I'm missing so many people, but I do have a little list of people that I think are very important when it comes to rapper. Uh, producer combos. I'm talking about people that have had classic songs that have changed the dynamic of rap. I'm talking about people who have had records that um, we know and love. But so we're gonna start talking with about uh, DJ Khaled first, then, right? Uh, yeah. Does he even produce? Does he even lift, bro? Um, just, I think, do you even produce, bro? <laughs> eating salad. Right. Exactly. <laughs> do you even salad? <laughs> so. Um, my just just to start it off, just to start it off, um, somebody that I, or a combo that I have to say off top, Timberland and Missy, Timberland and Missy kind of mm. ran ran uh, the mid to late nineties and early two thousands. I mean, if you think about um, everything from Super Duper Super Duper Fly, on through her doing uh, Work It and and uh, the Under Construction album, um, you know these moments in history really these moments in in rap really changed the trajectory like it changed like people who we have today as in like Nicki Minaj and things of that nature they they all learned some of that kookiness from Missy so even even people don't even know this but one of our favorite rappers the people that we call a goat today Lil Wayne heavily influenced mm. his favorite rapper when he was in the in the midst of cash money in the midst next of- time can you not say we and like collective we. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Cool. In cool. The, in the midst of <laughs> in the midst of Cash Money's like the height where he was making up words that became uh, a part of the English language like bling bling and 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 saying phrases that would become uh, um, historic like drop it like it's hot. He was really really obsessed with the way Missy would put sounds like the he 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 ha in her raps 
Missy and Timberland's hits influenced Wayne, who now has basically changed the culture of rap. So that uh, rapper-producer combo is so important because of um, the creativity, how they stayed in the studio and they just did different things. They didn't, Missy and Timberland also said as a unit that they didn't, um, love going they didn't love going on tour like like a lot of other rappers love the tour life those motherfuckers also they were a little bit bigger than right you could say like bigger in size those motherfuckers just like sitting in the studio and coming up with you they said they didn't like touring or necessarily being in front of the camera as much as other people or being out there as much as other people they wanted to just be in the studio doing crazy shit making creative shit <clears throat> so when i started going over this uh, uh this list it, this is what kind of struck me these two have classic hits, classic hits. Um, you know, every like I said, from Superfly or Super Duper Fly on um, "She's a Bitch," like which is one of my favorite Timberland beats. One of my favorites. Um, to 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 work it and, sh and shit like that, and um, to get your freak on all of that shit. But most, a lot of the of the charted records that Timberland has is not with Missy. Actually, Timberland has two number one records, and they are both with Nelly Furtado and, and Justin Timberlake. Give it to me. Really? Give, yes, Give It To Me and Promiscuous are the only two times that Timberland yep. has been on a record, not produced a record, but been on a record as an artist, and he's been number one. Hmm. Nelly Furtado. Wow. In both, Nelly Furtado in both songs. Fucking Not with Missy, not with no, nobody else where he's been on, nobody else he's even on a record with, not just made it, not just produced the, the sounds. But Ben, his voice, you heard him somewhere. He's only been number one twice with Nelly Furtado. I mean, the way Timbaland <laughs> produces, I feel like he uses his voice in his instrumental. Is, so he is, is on true. every that fucking is, track. That is definitely that is definitely true. That is definitely true, TST. Um, if you listen to uh what is that song he did with uh with Aaliyah? The um Try again. Uh, um not that one, um not that one, uh the other one. Um not try again, but um are you um, are you that somebody? Yeah, are you the somebody? That's him. That's him beatboxing into the into the mic and chopping all those sounds up, all those percussions up that he made with his with his mouth, and then beat like playing them on the drum machine. That's how color it really is. And the like, baby sound. Yep. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He did that baby sound too. I can't remember if he if he actually sampled the baby sound or if he just made the noise. I, I believe he. I believe he sampled it. Yeah. But. Okay, niggas just cold. Yes, yes, niggas just cold. <laughs> niggas just cold. Buster Rhymes was saying how he was in the studio with uh, Timberland one time and he made a beat out of a fucking styrofoam cup and a pen or some shit. Um, yeah, he was like, give me one of them beats, man. <laughs> Crack it up. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so Missy and Timberland, very, very iconic what they've done together. But the crazy thing, okay, now going back <clears throat> to the number one, like the, the records that they have together, a lot of Missy's records, a lot of Missy's records, um, Charted were produced by Timberland, but there were no. She had no number ones with Tim. No number ones. Her highest charted record is actually One Two Step with Sierra, and that's that's Sierra's record wow. produced by Jazzy Faye. So her, that's crazy. Yes, and and we need to remember this too. A lot of her charting and her records that she did that did chart are not just produced by Timberland, but a lot of it is produced by her. Missy produced a lot of her own shit or collab produced with Timberland. Missy is mm -hmm. an amazing producer herself. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of the a lot of the records that we 
think are Timbo are actually Missy. With a like what? With um, I'm trying to think of the ones that I looked up. Hold on, let me get back to it. I think it was not work it, but um, let me put put a little list up real quick. But not only that, I think it's um, uh, hot hot boys, hot boys. That we always think that that's mm-hmm. um that that's Timberland heavy, but that's all that's a lot of that is Missy first. Like that was baby, you got what I want. <laughs> Yeah. Like like Missy really be doing <laughs> Missy really be doing her shit. She really be doing her shit, man. Like so so it was funny because I was I started looking up these combinations of these, these producers and then rappers and I was just like, damn, a lot of the time like you never know who is really how they really can or the numbers that they did, like what about it makes it iconic and we just know those moments are important for us as the listeners of hip hop. Another combo, another combo, and we're gonna see this guy's name pop up on here. Move on, pretty move on. I just wanted to say that um, I think we get caught up in the whole uh, what we think is popular or what we like versus what is actually selling and what is actually doing numbers. Yeah. Uh, because we don't we don't really look at that side of the business, um, which is weird, especially for us who you know who say we are really into music and really interested in um, somebody destroying a building in the background. What's going on? Right. I can um, see. But especially for us in life, like, you know, who, who want to be in music, who've done music, or been in that that uh, arena, yeah, um, yeah. to not really understand what is actually, I guess, the the best as far as numbers or or production value, we just see the popularity, or I like this beat because of such and such and such, when it doesn't really have the same effect in the industry. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and another, it's funny that you that you mentioned that because I like one thing about me is I've always really fucked, excuse me, fucked with um, looking up or keeping up with Billboard numbers. I don't know, and people, especially in rap, motherfuckers love to talk about that. Don't mean nothing. Ain't important. That's not you. That don't make the rap better. Like niggas who know they not gonna sell nothing because they just super duper super duper hip hoppity. You know they gonna be like I don't look at sales and all that shit. But you know that shit do. Matter when we talk about breaking records and shit. Yeah. And so I've always and been money. Like, yes, yeah, right, exactly. Dollar bills. Like I've always uh, been big on like, okay, so what did what did this nigga sell the first weekend? Did, it, did it open number one? I've always kind of had a fascination with like, damn, this nigga didn't do numbers, but the album, like, just kind of looking at it and comparing it based on that. Um, and so that brings me to this next point: Drake and Snoop Dogg. Two. I mean, when you think about a rapper and a producer combination. First of all, mm-hmm. you could put Dr. Dre with about 17 niggas. Yeah. You could put Dr. Yeah. Dre with Snoop. You could put him with 50. You can put him with Eminem, which we will discuss coming very shortly. You can put mm-hmm. him with a, a lot of different people. Um, Ice Cube, Easy e you know what I'm saying? Fucking uh, Nate, dog. Like, you could really pop, really lace this nigga up and match him with different niggas because he has really... One of my, I always say this, he's, he's one of, him and, and Kanye are the two biggest entities, and one of the reasons is, is longevity and touch. Like, Dr. Dre has made more stars in every decade, the last 30 years, than any other fucking producer or record executive. In in rap, I mean. From 80s, giving us easy and cute, because without him, they don't pop in NWA. Whether they go solo or not, they don't. Easy E doesn't know how to rap, and Cube doesn't get the platform or the beats that he needs to become Ice Cube. You know, we get to the '90s, and this motherfucker gives us Snoop out the gate, boom. 
Then a couple years later, it gives us M. Boom. Not to mention was produ producing for Nas and uh, the other greats in the midst. Niggas was saying he was bad and he was giving Nas, making platinum albums with Nas with the, the firm. And niggas thought that was a flop because it only sold a million copies. What? Right. Nigga, what? What? Exactly. Because it, it only sold a million copies? Listen, listen, listen. The firm, the firm album, the firm album came out in 96. Dre had just, he had just left, um, he had just left, um, Death Row. It might be, it might be 97. I, I want to say it's 96, but it might have been 90. I feel like it was 96. I feel like it was 96. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with 96. But he had just left Death Row, and he had just dropped the Aftermath compilation album where he was trying to show his little artist off that he had, which he didn't really have any. He didn't have M yet. And him and he was he produced for my one of my favorite Nas albums. It was written the second Nas album um, that had If I Rule the World, all that shit on there. Like, uh, nasty, nasty Nas is coming. And Drake did that, that joint on there. It's good records. And so Nas and him were hanging tough because they were like, fuck this East Coast, West Coast shit in 96. And then Nas was putting together a super group, which was Nas, Foxy Brown, AZ, mm -hmm. and um, it ended up being Nature. It was supposed to be Cormega, but it ended up being Nature. Um, it's another Queens rapper. And everybody was like, oh shit, y'all finna have them four niggas with Dre beats? Like, it was crazy. Like, And then it came out, and, on, and it only sold a million. Niggas thought that it was gonna do like five, six, seven out the gate. Like, they thought it was going to be some type of, like, a mega event, and it only sold a million, and niggas was like, that's, what? That's why you hear, that's why you hear uh, Dr. Dre say, um, um, I was going to return on, the, uh, um, on, forgot about Dre, he, he says, the firm flop, y'all know the reason Dre ain't been, ain't been getting no sleep, because niggas thought the firm album was a flop, like, said I was going to turn pop on the firm flop, y'all know the reason Dre ain't been getting no sleep, like, but, man, I could, do this rap shit all day. Anywho. Speaking of, real quick, I just want to mention uh, when you were talking about Nas, apparently Designer has a new song out and it's, he's like, I don't want to say sampling, but taking over or whatever the, you can hate me now. And I just really hope that the new generation of kids and stuff like that doesn't think that that's Designer worse. coming up with it himself. Like, give Nas the recognition at least. They, not, oh, they will. They, 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 they will. Remember, remember when, um, in 2016, four years ago, four years younger than this year, they when uh, Drake did the um, hat dropped views and he had the um, uh, he had the <laughs> with the, Lauren Hill. No, no, he had he dropped views and he um had the he had the the uh, what was what song was that? I forgot what it. it was, uh, I, I can't remember the name of the song, but he did. But he but he basically um, used the words from DMX's. How's it going down? And he was like, um, I mean, what type of games are being played? How's it going down? It's on, it was on, then I got to know now. Is you with me or what? Oh, Everybody was saying that Drake came up with that. I was so fucking fierce. <laughs> I'm like, nigga, if y'all don't, that is, that's one of my favorite DMX songs. That's one of DMX's biggest hits. And y'all talking about Drake came up with that? That's his whole song. It's called <laughs> how's, how's It Going Down. What the fuck? But but she you you trying to give um, the benefit of a doubt to a generation that wants to get rich in fifteen minutes instead of doing the yeah. actual work. So I'm like I don't expect them to do research and be like, oh this is where he got it from. Like us, we'll hear something on the track. Like I've, I've discovered many uh, alternative songs and and um, 
like country songs and everything um, as far as genre from rappers because I'm like, yo, where he get this sample from? What's the full song? Like, um, uh, what's that song with uh, Kanye West? Uh, and I wonder if you know yeah. what it means. Yeah. That's why I love, like, like Kanye, for example, his variety and vast array of beats or sampling selection and how old these songs are. And then, like, if I don't know it, like that one, like, I immediately looked up, like, okay, what song did he sample from there? And then I listened to that one. That's so cool. And that's, like, how we can learn more from those old songs, too. Yeah, yeah and what really got me into that was the uh, Ninth Wonder. Because, you know, I've always been, like, an yeah. underground hip-hop yeah. uh, head as far as, like, Little Brother, Ninth Wonder, Joe Scudder, all them cats. So they would have some crazy beats, uh, Most Def and um, yeah, sure. Talib and all of them. Yeah. They would always pull out something out of the, they're like, <laughs> the repertoire. And I'm like, yo, what album is this from? Mm-hmm. That's how I actually discovered, um, uh, uh, what's, what's the name? Uh, it's his name. I think it's Jay Lamontagne. I can't never remember his, uh, his first name. But, but that's how I discovered Lamontagne, um, Aqualung. I was talking about them the, the, the last five, Keen and mm-hmm. a couple other people, because you know I went on an internet journey from listening to a song. Man, it's crazy. It's crazy how, uh, and when you say those names too, I also want to just kind of throw in there, um, uh, R.I.P. J. Dilla, because he's definitely another yeah, yeah. one. Jeff, definitely another one who would take a motherfucking uh, sample, and and fucking rebuild that motherfucker from the ground up. So uh, shout out yeah. that man. Um, I really don't blame uh, the young, the young kids for not knowing the history of all of hip-hop because there's so many songs that's been made over the course of a generation how is any one person supposed to pick out one thing that came before them before they even came about you know what i mean i i remember riding in the car and uh when missy and Ludacris dropped gossip folks and i'm like yo this is cold (laughs) and my dad wasn't i mean my dad was driving at the time he was like this is double Dutch bus. I was, what the <laughs> hell? What, what are you on, old man? It's our goddamn. It's Missy, goddamn it. It's Missy, yeah, man. Right, right. This is, do you not hear her? This is Missy. And up next is Ludacris. You talking about the damn <laughs> double ne- Dutch bus? What are you said, talking about? Up next is Ludacris. <laughs> Follow by. <laughs> Follow but yeah, he was just like, yo, this is double Dutch bus. Or um, when Ja Rule had came out with Living It Up. And it's immediately here in the chorus, my dad's like, yo, this is Stevie Wonder. Again, my guy. Wait a minute. <laughs> this is Ja. It, it is? He said, wait, yes. tears your face yeah, again, again, my guy. Like, yeah. you better not say no more goddamn names. It ain't this yeah, that, nigga that, okay, kid. Old man. Stevie Wonder. Oh, okay. That's definitely Stevie Wonder. What song, what song is that from Stevie Wonder? I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that. To do, write I do. Do, do I do? Do I do? Yeah, he took the whole hook from Stevie. Yeah. What? I, mean, I don't think that. he sampled it. Like I'm pretty sure it's Stevie's voice on the track. No, no well, that's, that's it is, case. but somebody is singing over it. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, look at this shit we learned, and we have not stuck to the producer co- rapper combo. But <laughs> I the Russell segment. <laughs> um. So, so we, we got we got down that rabbit hole of music, which we will always love to get down with you guys. Um, Dre and Snoop. The reason I brought this up because because Dre, again, Dre made m- many 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 stars throughout the, the 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 last three decades. Every decade, including the two thousands, he gave us fifty and 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 game. And then in the two thousand tens, he didn't do too much, but he but 
he was there and instrumental in helping Kendrick Lamar bring together Good Kid, Mad City, and, and signing him to, mm-hmm. and, and then also now we he's giving us uh, Anderson uh, Pot, who's an amazing artist, who's an amazing artist, and we, I feel like we're gonna see a lot more from him. And he was a 2016 uh, freshman as well. So I say that to say this: Dre has a a, a, a crazy catalog, and him and Snoop gave us two classic albums within two years, uh, with the Chronic and with Doggy Style. Chronic in 92, Doggy Style 93, okay? And those are considered not... Uh, Chronic is considered the staple in the West Coast because it created the West Coast sound. It's iconic. Doggy Style took that and it gave us like a Chronic 2.0, but it gave us Snoop at the forefront. Even though he was already one of the main artists on Chronic, it gave us Snoop at the forefront. So classic album, two... It's rare you get one classic album as a rapper. Dre and Snoop as a unit gave us multiple, <laughs> gave us two classic albums in two years. Here's the thing. Did but wait, Doctor? Well, did Timberland get classic albums off of Aaliyah or Justin Timberlake? Uh, you could you could say because Justin Timber Justin Timberlake's Future Sex Love Sounds and um 2020, 2020 version yeah are yeah. all produced by that, those are um Timberland produced records and those are t- Justin Timberlake's most popular, successful, commercially successful, and those are the albums you know. Just we we know Justin Timberlake for Justified and his first album, which was really heavily it had it had Timbo Timbo in it, but it also had a lot of Pharrell in there. Um, but right. Timberland Timberland always Justin Timberlake doesn't have a solo career without Timberland, the producer. Think sure about don't. That. And ooh, and one of my favorite R and B albums, Hundred Percent Genuine, completely produced by that man, Timberland. Amazing. Right, definitely wouldn't have Pony without Timbaland. And, and which, which in and of itself is like, what type it's of? It's funny because I thought Missy produced that. <laughs> really? Missy produced that? No, I said I thought. I don't. Oh. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Oh. They really could have. You said that. it so confidently. I was about to be like, "Fuck." No, I, I didn't know it. I I just saw some. I, I was just um a couple of weeks ago. I had a doc, was watching a documentary or somewhere. They were talking about that. That's definitely. That definitely is a Timberland one because when he pulled it up for some, I think it was Pharrell, he pulled it up for somebody. No, him and Pharrell were having kind of like a back and forth about about their production history. And they were talking about like, I was hearing shit that you were doing and I was like, damn, he did I that. love that so yep. much. And Pharrell talks about that. <laughs> boom, boom. And how he yep. loved it. How he heard that for the first time and was like, God damn it, that shit is cold. So yeah, that was definitely a Timbo beat. But I don't, I, would, I don't want to get stuck because I could really just discuss music <laughs> all day. Dr. Dre and, and, and Snoop have classic moments in rap. Change, change the sound of West Coast rap. But numbers-wise, they do have two classic albums, two number one albums, and they have, you know, done things together. But number-wise, Snoop has three number ones, and they have nothing to do with Dr. Dre. They have mm. nothing to do. His three number ones, uh, the song, the song is, I forgot the name of the song, California Girls with Katy Perry, the song he did with Katy Perry. Are you? Oh that's it, that's it, that's the number one. Drop it like it's hot. With you, one of, drop it like it's hot. with you one of my favorite fucking Snoop records? I was gonna say that one makes I just, sense. But... I listened to that this morning. Was like, who produced damn. that? Pharrell. Pharrell. Okay. And oh duh. And and for some odd reason, this one, I wanna fuck <laughs> you. I wanna fuck you with Akon. Those are those are those are Snoop's three. Now think about the history of Snoop. Think about a fucking mother. Crazy. Just cause I'm down. Like think about the shit that he did when he was with. Uh, uh, 
Death Row ain't nothing but a gangster party. Think about uh, what's your name, mm. Snoop. Like all this shit. All think about these things, man. And he and his shit. All his number ones came from artists later on, and this is all. This is all two thousands and later. He didn't get a number one record till two thousands and later, bro. So great combo, but they numbers the best numbers come from somebody else. Likewise, Dr. Dre being I great. I mean, the common theme from Timbaland onto Dre seems like as soon as yep. they can get a record that hits Kiss FM, yep. Now they pulled in a whole dem- whole new demographic, so now they can yep. hit number one. Yep. When it was just on V100, if it was just for the streets, it probably wasn't going to hit number one. You you gotta get you gotta get the white people in. Yep, in order to uh, get that number one, that's just what it seems like. It definitely. You need either Nelly Furtado or you need um, California Girls. Who was that? Katy Perry. Katy Perry. Yeah, and that Justin Timberlake. You're gonna need one of these cats in order to hit but number I mean, one. You gotta cross over into the pop realm somehow. But I mean. Think about it. Do black people really buy CDs, G? I did. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just, that was just, no. Hell if, yeah. If we, talk about, if we talk about the numbers game, really, the, the number Look, one demographic. Look, the nigga at Walmart be selling them for like 50% <laughs> off. What you talking about, dog? <laughs> Do we buy them at retail price? We download <laughs> them, we burn them, we share we stuff, them. We stuff the tissue in the tape and then we tape other shit over other shit. Right. We record off the radio. Like, come on, G. Yes. Like you, we have buying power for material things. We don't. You don't have buying power for like CDs and songs and stuff. That's something white. It, honestly, it is. Seventy percent of the seventy percent of the purchasing uh, population of hip hop, white 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 males actually. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Cody. Um, so, speaking of bringing, but speaking of having to get the white people on your side to get your number one records, <laughs> Dr. Dre and Eminem. Are this another great producer combo? I'm talking about. We got classics from these niggas. Forgot about Dre. Um, my name is. Um, I mean, tons of tons of records, tons of records, man. You know, if you know the history, you know Marshmallows LP, and and if you know me, you know Marshmallows LP and uh, Chronic 2001 are two of my favorite albums of all time. And that was just M and Dre, M and Dre, do 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 back and forth. Of course, Chronic 2000 was, was also DLC and also, you know, Snoop and Corrupt writing for him. But M was on that motherfucker getting the shit off. Um, Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre has two number ones. Um, one of them is No Diggity with Blackstreet, which is a great mm-hmm. And the other one, which fucking almost made me want to throw up because this is not... The greatest M song. Crack a bottle. <laughs> Crack a bottle. Crack a bottle. Out of I'm not saying like, I'm I'm saying for Doc I'm I'm saying for Dr. Dre's catalog right where he was a he was on the track. Is that, is that the bar version of Cracker Bell? <laughs> Crack a bottle. <laughs> let your body waddle. Like, like a snobby model. It was really. I remember it was. It was one of the worst. It was. It was the one of the comeback singles that were on. It was on relapse. And I remember hearing it. Listening to relapse, 
I almost always it's skip over that. the track. Yes, of course you And do. then keep on going. Sometimes I don't hit skip fast enough, and it's like, <laughs> all right. Well, wow. I think it was that bad to skip it's, it. And it's bottle after bottle. Shut the fuck up, Curtis. I, <laughs> I just, uh, I just really, I read, I read that this morning as I was putting together the rest of my, you know, my pieces. And I said, that scares me. That Dr. Dr. the producer of Dr. Dre's caliber and history, his two number ones, the two number ones, one is Crack a Fucking Bottle. And that's not Eminem's only number one. That's not Eminem's only number one. That's the remix, Crack a Fucking Bottle. <laughs> of course, of course, of, of course, um, you know, Dre has been a part of other number ones, but he, as, as an artist, those are the two records that he was on that wow. made it that, and like, wow. It just goes to show what Russell was saying. Just because it's music that we love and we enjoy doesn't exactly make it music that is sold and is actually popular. Um, and apparently Crack a Bottle did numbers. Big gas loved uh, cracking bottles. <laughs> I mean, Plus, you gotta uh, you gotta understand like what the song was made for. Like I figure, like club hits and stuff are gonna be like the ones that would sell the most. You would think what people could dance to, which is which is uh, up there as far as like promiscuous girl. Yeah. Because I was in rotation so heavily on the radio, mm-hmm. on different clubs, different bars. I'm like, goodness gracious, yo, this song is about. My heavens, are you guys actually doing this? That, that's crazy because Give It To Me is the other one. Him and Nelly, him and Nelly Furtado and uh, and uh, Justin Timberlake. That, mm-hmm. and, I li- and I was listening to that last night and I'm like, okay, this, this is one of the number ones. And I'm like, you know, what the fuck, you know? This sounds like in fucking 07, 08. Oh nine, this dude would have been in the cl- like this would have been in bars and clubs and this sound like some shit that motherfucking like bitches and like fucking glittery tops and fucking you know short skirts would have been in the club. Yes, girl, oh, yeah, woo! <laughs> like that's what the music sound. What the fucking music sound like? <laughs> this could be our new intro, McCoy saying, Yes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know exactly what the fuck I'm, and that's why shit's like it's like all the shit Timberland did, all the shit he did. And this the one? Okay, I feel it. Like, all right, y'all got it. it, it, it it's your world. I feel it. Um, so, another thing, another another really uh, uh, interesting fact. Tupac has one number one record. And that is, How Do You Want It? Slash California Love. Now, I remember back when I was growing up, mm-hmm. you used to get records, and there would be like an A-side and a B-side, like B-side, you know, for the singles. The main single, and then like the B-side. I, Dr. Dre is on California Love. And when you on a record, you should you should get the number if it goes number one, which is Tupac's on number one, you should get credit for it. I don't understand, and I have to do more research why Dr. J doesn't have three number ones because he's a part of that song. He's a part of California Love, and if that single cassette sold a million and went to number one, then I feel like even though how how do you want it or whatever is the lead single. I feel like Dre's supposed to still get that California because it, it says "How do you want to slash California love?" But Dre doesn't get credit for that, even though he was a featured artist on that. Wow. Maybe it's because he's black. And I'm wondering if um if it's because he was on the regular and the remix. It might be because yeah. <laughs> They're like too many black people on one record can't get this number one. I'm not gonna do that shit today. Not today. Those right. Should have had Madonna on it. Right, Should have exactly. had Madonna. Who Pac had a um. Like, we're not gonna do that neither. 
Um, you just did. Mention her on purpose. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> Come on, man. But uh, another uh, really interesting producer and uh, rapper combo, which also includes a guy who is a rapper himself. Uh, Kanye, Kanye how, many, what? how many more of these producers do you have? We might have to continue this on the next week, homie. I got this uh, last single joint, and then the other ones I don't have detail for, but I just want to mention them because they're important, but I won't, <laughs> I won't, be able, I won't have a breakdown for them like this. Um, Kanye West and Jay-Z. There, that's another combo for me that was important because, I mean, first of all, we talk about producers of the last, like, 20 years. Like, the other entity that's not mm-hmm. Drake is Kanye West. Um, Kanye West has both, him and Jay-Z both have, um, him and Jay-Z both have uh, numerous amounts of records together. I mean, Kanye West has been producing for Jay-Z, I think, since, um, uh, this two thousand his is two thousand album. Two thousand one. Uh, the Rock The Rock uh the Dynasty. Rock Life Familiar. I think that was uh when or Rock Lobster. Or, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Or or Heart of the City. Heart of the City might be one of the first ones, which might have been a couple hours before. Uh if Russell, if you know you can kinda chime in. That was in. close. Um But um him and Jay Z both have numerous amounts of records together. Kanye West, before he was actually rapping, rapping, he was uh, producing shit for Jay. He helped produce a lot of Blueprint, which became a classic album. He didn't produce it all, but he produced a lot of it. Um, and it became, you know, a, he got hits on there. It became a cla- one of Jay-Z's classic albums. And then, again, you go, you have him with uh, producing for Jay on Black album. And then you also have him um, coming back eventually to do a whole album with Jay, which is considered, you know, one of the great, one of the great albums, Watch the Throne. Um, so they, they charted, they, and they both have four records. They both have four chart records, but, uh, four number one records, but I believe only one of those records is shared, um, which I believe is Run the Town. Mm. Only one of those records is shared between the two of them. So, um, they are an interesting combo because those, they both have numbers, even, even, even some of the records that didn't go number one that charted. They are definitely on those records together on the chart, but they have worked together so closely and produced so many moments that have altered. Um, I'm talking about moments that are like classic that like from, for example, Blueprint moments that have really shaped Jay-Z's career, even though he was big before what Kanye West. It's just a really their dynamic seems more level as opposed to. Eminem, of course, Jay zs I think, is the better MC of West, but he don't outdo Kanye West when they get together like that all the time. Whereas, you know, M is a superior rapper when it comes to him and Dre in that combo. You know, Snoop is a superior songwriter when it comes to him and Dre. Dre's, but Dre makes music well, and they merge. Um, you know, it's weird. You know Missy is the better writer. Missy is the writer when it comes to her and Timbaland. We know this. Like, Missy has been inducted in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Like, And you know this, like, man. So, but it's weird with Kanye and Jay. There's just this really back and forth pattern of creativity that happens with them that I just, like, I don't know. That, that to me, is an underrated producer um, MC combo because you don't hear that. You don't hear people talking about that combo a lot. You hear people talking about Kanye West beats and some good things Jay has done with it. But them as a unit, as a producer-rapper combo is just really, really... 
um, epic for me. So, um, just just quickly, some ones I want to mention. I'm not gonna uh, break them down and go into um, any type of overall of them, but I think some some to, some combos to note for just group wise, organized noise and outcast. I mean, they help produce mm. all the outcast hits, and I think that they are well well deserving of one of the greatest group pr- production groups of all time. Organized noise. I mean, they did that shit. Everything the Dungeon Family also. Um, Self therapy and, and all the early goody mob shit. Like, they did all that shit. And I think Organized Noise and Outcast have classics together. You know, I mean, they the only rap album never win um, album of the year um, was Speaker Box and Love Below. Came from that from that combination. So that's one that we can't leave out, even though they're a group. Uh, Neptunes and Eclipse. Grinding. We know that. We know. Everybody been making that fucking beat on lunch tables for the last twenty years, and you fucking know it. That is that is the that is the go to shit for the last 18, 20 years, bro. Like that is the one, bro. Come on, like grinding is just that. What they did on Laura Willen and 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 um Hell Have No Fury, which is a, was a, which is a five mic a double XL album that people like kind of glossed over because it didn't do numbers, which is really fucking weird because. Rap wise, it is considered a classic by the publications and everything else. So, so that is Clips and the Neptunes, another combo that you can't leave out. Also, um, I didn't get into this, but uh, Neptunes and Nori, as much as motherfuckers don't really fuck with Nori, Super Thug and shit like that, I know T.I. don't really mm-hmm. fuck them, but that's another legendary. You know, some of those or some of those records that they did with Nori really ended up like they sound kind of got shifted into pop culture because of what they did with Nori. So, um, and then also. The one, pro- the one producer to fucking group combo that we never really, 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 really talk about. RZA to Wu-Tang. That man has produced, I'm talking about solo albums, group albums for nine niggas, man. Nine niggas, bro. Multiple albums. Multiple, like, the work RZA has done. And his and you know a RZA beat when you hear it. It has that like it has that little like uh, metal sword clashing sound. Even if that particular thing is not in the beat, you know it's a RZA beat because the beats feel like that. They feel like a like a fucking kung fu battle um, with the way he puts the the the, the sounds and how, how they clash with each other. Um, mm-hmm. So RZA doesn't get enough credit for being the one guy to a group of niggas. For decades, and all the classic shit comes from RZA. The shit that motherfuckers say is like the best shit. I mean, outside of Ghost, outside of Ghostface and, and Method Man. But so that's one that we we, we sleep on. Also, Manny Fresh and Cash Money. <clears throat> Manny Fresh again, that same one nigga doing thirty fucking forty fifty albums for the whole fucking label, man. So Manny Fresh don't get this. And I'm talking about he has classics. He made drop or a uh, 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 fucking bling bling. He made motherfucking um. Uh, Back that ass up, again. He made back that ass up again. He made he he himself put strings to bounce and made juvenile. He said juvenile used to always rap, but the shit wasn't structured. And he forced the way he built the beat was because he said I'm gonna structure this, make sure juvenile rap structure. So you working with some mad shit, mad shit, make a nigga finish cat. Think th- compare that song to huh. Oh, you back? What do you mean? Oh, huh? Are you back? Back? Look back at the having like, and that's one of juvenile's biggest hits and got him on the map and shit. But like. Manny Fresh gets no credit for how he really crafted that New Orleans 
um, hip hop bounce sound and how he yeah. ushered in what became a cash money. So that, those are just some producer to you know rapper rap groups uh, combos that I like um, in the group. You know, on Facebook or on Twitter, if y'all want to tweet us, let us fucking know who y'all think is the best rapper to producer uh, a combination. You know what I mean? Let us know. Tweet us, and you know, I, I want to know what y'all think because I think that they're up there. Also, before we go on, Jermaine Dupree doesn't get enough credit for the shit he did with Usher and Mariah Carey. Changed on, on some R&B shit, but that's for another whole converse, another conversation, another day. Like not the bread and and bow wow and all that. Yes, sir. I mean, <laughs> what can, about Jermaine? You can really, Jermaine. you can really take Jermaine Dupree, all jokes aside, and some of the shit that he's done, just like Dre's done some critical shit for hip hop. Jermaine Dupree, the conf- the all the albums he's done with Usher, because it wasn't just Confessions, it was the one before that and the one before that, <laughs> like the the My Way album in the eighty seven oh one. Jermaine Dupree been fucking. Jermaine Dupree and Usher been just doing shit that has been iconic Usher's entire career, and Mariah he brought. I know this is what I was gonna say. He brought Mariah Carey back with the shit that he did with her in um, 05, 06. Like. Mm. Remember, she had a breakdown, and he, like, revived her career. Y'all know what this yeah. is. Look at that. So. Right. I was also saying... She had to um, go ahead and get another one. <laughs> uh, I was also going to say, um, I know this isn't, like, rap and hip-hop, but uh, who did uh, B2K and Immature come to? Chris. What is Jermaine? Chris Stokes was the guy, was the like was mm-hmm. the guy. I don't know if he was who was producing it, but I can find out. Yeah. And then um, the other one that we don't really speak about is who's working with Puffs. Um, man, Puff Mace, all of yeah. Oh, and and really, that was uh the Hitman. That was Stevie J. Shout out, yeah, hip hop. The Hitman. Yeah. They um Stevie. Uh, really. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I actually Steve heard their cat play play keys too. So I'm like, oh, okay, yes. and got and all people. yeah, you didn't know. See, so yeah, Stevie J from Love and Hip Hop, uh, Cody, the reason he got on Love and Hip Hop, his claim to fame is he produced notorious stuff. Like, he was he was Biggie's, he was part of the Hitman, which was a four man production group, but he did a lot of the shit that ended up on uh, Ready to Die and Mace's album and Life After Death. Like, Stevie J really he got cranky, uh, yeah, yeah, or you know. Yeah, so that's how he got important enough to be on important enough, quote unquote, to be on Love and Hip Hop. Important yeah. enough to be on Love and Hip Hop. Yeah. I think he downgraded, but all right. But yeah, so I want to know what y'all think. Um, you know, tell us who your favorite hip hop producer combo, you know, combos are. Because uh, I really, you know, hey, we want to know. I want to know. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what love is. <laughs> Don't you? Um, Want Russell to get his shit off? <laughs> mm, piggy, piggy paws. <laughs> Is he gonna start? I'll do it. All right, so uh, today. <laughs> Is that what Russell sounds like to you? No, because when you said it, I was like, I don't know if I disagree with that necessarily. I think that's a good start. I think we're going in the right direction. (laughs) More bass. More cowbell in your voice, please. (laughs) All right. So, 
I'm sorry, y'all. Alright. Alright, so I guess we we here now. Um <laughs> Brother music? Oh yeah, no, no, I was no, I was definitely done. I thought we was transitioning. Oh, you was y'all went on me? Oh no, yeah, we're done. We're done. Please, uh, it's time for Russell Prosser T. I thought that that break was brought to you by TS's ribs. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Oh, from the grill, not like on his no. torso. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> I'm like what? <laughs> Man, it ain't one gene. <laughs> you don't have a watching party. All right. So, <laughs> since we're transitioning from uh, music, let's go ahead and, um, I guess, take care of the elephant in the room. Um, August, Will, and Jada. Will, Will, and Sam. Um, so, regarding the whole thing as, as, as a whole, um, as a general TLDL, and that means too long, didn't listen. Um, <laughs> summer. And in case y'all just want to get to the meat and potatoes of it. I did, because I, I didn't want to watch that stuff, but I did want to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, okay, so basically, uh, what, what, what really frustrates me about this is the response that everybody has without actually listening to what everybody has to say. If you look at the different social media sites and things of that nature, you have a lot of memes, you have a lot of um, fabricated things that Jada or Will has said when, in reality, they hadn't said anything until the table talk. Um, they, they really didn't respond. They kept silent about it. But the media really pushed it, and then everybody else and their self-righteousness wanted to push their agenda and push what they thought. Um, and that's, like, one of the first things they say in the actual table talking. Like, we didn't even respond. Like, you know, Black Twitter took off and all these other websites took the head on this. And we hadn't said not one thing. Um, of course, August uh, came out and... They took the head on it like Alcina did for Jada. Oh. That's funny. <laughs> Nobody made that connection with you. Um, <clears throat> they made a connection. And so the only <laughs> person... Who, uh, more, of an, more of an attachment or entanglement, I guess. Y'all are bad. The only person who really came out and was crying about everything was August, which is funny to me. Um, <laughs> a lot of people was like, he violated the side nigga rules and all that stuff. I was cracking it. Um, but there was a lot of things that were said in that small red table talk. Um, that really brought a lot to light um, as far as August and his situation because when they met him, the first thing that was said that he was sick. He was very, very sick. And so at that point, they were in a, in a relationship with Jada were where they were seemingly on the out. Like, it was like, this is going to be a wrap. Like, this isn't going to work, da 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 And they, were, they took a break from each other to find themselves, find their own happiness, um, because that's something you can't um, glue together or piece together in a relationship or a marriage. Um, so she met August when he was at a low point, um, at a dangerously low point in his life, um, and she got some sort of self-fulfillment out of helping him, which I think is weird in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, I bet she got some self-fulfillment. Not that type of BS 
pay attention. Um, <laughs> so the, the, the thing about that is it kind of uh, resonates with what's going on right now in the gaming industry um, to where cats are, um, I believe they call it grooming people to basically put them in a situation where they can be intimate with them. Um, and so that's very predatory in my, in my opinion. Um, yeah, we called that uh, or red shirting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talked about so, that before. Yeah, yeah. So basically, she did help him to get kind of on his feet and off his feet, if you want to make that joke, T.S. Yes. Um, you just did for me. I appreciate you, Russ. <laughs> I knew it was coming. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> look at him. So proud of you. <laughs> And so now we're here, where there was a lack of judgment on her part when they were at odds and things were going to end. So now we're all caught up. Um, what I want to say, though, is there are things here that really need to be in place before anything else should actually be considered as far as relationship and, and, and all of this stuff. And the one thing that really stands out to me is self-happiness. Um, from a personal um, experience standpoint, um, self-happiness, as the word itself is, is, is um, describing, has to come from within yourself. Marriage and relationships don't automatically make you happy. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. You have to be happy with yourself to make any kind of connection work as it's supposed to. Um, some of us are being led through the motions by another person who seems to have their stuff together because we are so broken, we don't know what healthy actually is. So that's where we're supposed to start. It's sadly rare for people to really have their ducks in a row, ducks in a line, whatever you want to call it, uh, when they first get together. And thus the relationship is a learning process for people internally before they can even consider the connection that they are agreeing to and the struggle they are putting themselves in. We all have the opportunity to learn ourselves and learn about ourselves first, but many of us do it the slowest way possible because we have a list of things that we want to check out uh, or check off or that we want to do or that we want to accomplish first. Um, Man, it's kind of tough because um, I think, I would hope that any person going into a relationship is going into a relationship with the mindset that they are fairly good. I don't think anybody would go in... Well, there are probably probably people that start relationships when they are not in the best place in their lives, but this one person makes them a little happy so they think they can find happiness and build themselves up that way. But then I think a greater chunk of people, honestly, believe that they're in a good spot and then they enter a relationship and they realize, oh, shit, yeah, I'm kind of fucked in the head. Okay, all right. And at that point, they have to figure out, am I going to try to fix this while I'm in this relationship or should I put a pause on the relationship and come back after I'm I'm better? And I think that's a tough thing to do. I mean, if the person that you're with in that instance is okay with how you are and okay with building with you, and then keep on building with each other. It might be a slow process. Right. It but... does actually put more strain on the relationship, too, um, yeah. because, you know, it's, it's another part that needs to be developed. 
not just a relationship. Um, but I'm, I'm saying there's nothing wrong with how we come to ourselves or the slow way that we go through things. And if, you, like you said, the partner is on board with learning ourselves or we learn each other type of thing, that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. What I'm saying is that um, a lot of times people go into the relationship with the thoughts, I need to be in a relationship and not, hey, I, I want to be in a relationship. Yeah. I, I would like to be in a relationship. Um, it's not something that's um, that that's a, a codependency issue for, for a lot of people. Um, and Jada in her talk was saying that she had that codependency thing that she had to break, that cycle. Um, and she discovered it further by dealing with August. Um, I don't think, like I said, it's, it's, it's a bad thing to have a list of things that you want to do or want to accomplish or a checklist that you have for yourself, for your life, or for your relationships. Um, but I think you should go into the relationships with that in front of you so you can present that to the person like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is where I'm at. You know, are we able to do this type of thing? Um, and giving <laughs> Those them conversations choice. don't happen until after the honeymoon phase is over. During the honeymoon phase and in the initial stages of dating, that person that you're with is perfect. Everything they do is perfect. Their smile, every all the little things that you think are cute are perfect. And then after the honeymoon stage is over, the things that the little things that you thought were cute are now annoying or can be annoying. And now the d- talks happen of, all right, so this is what I'm actually expecting. Right. How many people can actually that's after say the that dating they- phase? That's after the dating phase. So this is we're in the relationship now. So these things need to be up front. Okay. Okay. So you're saying that the honeymoon phases should be when you're dating. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you shouldn't start a relationship or officially become exclusive until after the honeymoon phase is over. Or at least discuss what what, um, goals and things you have for the relationship. You know what I mean? Uh, Be upfront with what you're looking for. um, Because everybody goes on dates. They they get attached to people. and then that could be either a positive or a negative thing because you could revel in the attachment and not the person. Because um, then you're learning about the attachment. You're learning about, oh, I like this, I like this. But you're not developing what you like in the person or what things you value in the person. And to that, you could add your own value to. You know what I mean? Fair, fair. I agree. I mean, I mean. So did Jada. I, <laughs> I think that <laughs> you know some shit fucked up when Cody got to have his. <laughs> sick of this shit. Um, I, I think. Um, so was Will. What? <laughs> um, eventually, so was Jada. Uh, so. Right. And then Alcina. Right. He was just sick. Um, right. So this idea of the the, the honeymoon stage, I, I often talk about this because my shit was mad backwards. I was not in the honeymoon stage, and I'm still trying to figure out how we mustered up the strength to stay with each other to get to the point where we're like, oh, okay, uh, okay, this shit kind of like, okay, this shit jazzy now. You, <laughs> You're like you, two I, years later. Hey, babe, you know what? I think I just. I think I just realized that I like you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I might have a crush on you. <laughs> um, do you like me? Check yes or no. Head ass. Um, <laughs> um, so. Paper days, six, seven, four, two, eleven. She said baby. She said baby. 
Uh, he said maybe. <laughs> she in the living room like maybe <laughs> on the couch. Um, but no, so like the, the idea of the the honeymoon stage is like it can it can cloud a lot of shit, it can cloud a lot of, a lot of judgment. Um, and I think that when they were talking about codependency or what, or like how she had to come out of that, it, it was interesting to me because you know a lot of people do take that route of I like being around you, therefore you know who you are as a person or whatever ain't showing just yet. Who you might really be as a person ain't showing just yet. You know what I'm saying? Um, I for me, I just got to speak on this, man. Um. Some things about the situation is the growth as a human being, the growth as a human being that happens while you're in a relationship um, is deep. It's like it, it can be, and it can be detrimental to like where you go or how you progress after the relationship. Should it be after or how you progress as a, as a human being, a happy human being inside that relationship. And Furthermore, what what we think what we think every relationship is outside looking in, dude. So like what we think mm-hmm. is going on or makes someone happy or doesn't make someone happy or is the right uh, uh, avenue way to travel is never that way for that other relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like I can say like, like I ties in with the reciprocity from last week. Yeah, like being being open and honest with that person, and that's what I think about. That's what I think. Um, this whole shit with Will and Jada is so funny because it goes back to my internet nigga shit that I've very much so preached on this <laughs> podcast for nearly two years, and that is y'all don't know these niggas. Y'all right. don't know shit about these niggas. You don't know y'all. First of all, y'all don't know shit about what a, they kept throwing the open marriage shit on on these motherfuckers because they were, you know. Different to them. Yeah, we're gonna get to that. But I okay. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna jump ahead. But I just, I I do think that the that the growth that a person has within a relationship is key because you see if you depending on how you grow if you have that honeymoon stage it can be detrimental to what happens on the very outside of that that first day where you wake up and you like this motherfucker. Fucking nerd. <laughs> right. This bitch always got them clipping her goddamn toenails. <clears throat> the bed. I hate you, bitch. Like that. So like I'm like, how, how you go? Wow. How you grow? Are you I sure you have a crush? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, my no, I would like to say that I was that was a total joke. That was just McCoy joking. My girlfriend knows better than to clip her goddamn toenails. And she always breathing. <laughs> you always alive. No, I'm <laughs> breathing on your side of the bed. Right. <laughs> You blink one more time. <laughs> right, wet your eyes. Wet your goddamn eyes. Wet them. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but I think, yeah, for, but for real though, how, how you grow as a human being, that's, that's detrimental because you don't, we don't offer ourselves a lot. I feel like a lot of times as humans, we don't mm-hmm. offer ourselves the room to grow in a relationship because you got to think of how you are moving in that relationship. And I think that, that can be bad for you as a person. And then it also causes, might cause resentment to how you feel about the other person. So, so the next thing I want to talk about is the relationship dynamics. Um, one of the things that was said um, that really stuck out to me was what Will said to Jada in the beginning of their marital relationship. Um, he was like, I can love you through whatever. I think this is very important to a relationship for many reasons. Um, one, it shows the capacity for forgiveness and understanding 
and the thought that we are all human and may make mistakes. Now, cheating, in my opinion, is a whole fucking decision and not a mistake, but I, I digress on that. Um, secondly, it shows the difference between a relationship and a marriage. Maybe she tripped, fell, landed on his dick. <laughs> she she decided right. to wear them shoes that day. She could have. <laughs> it's a decision. <laughs> Put the Nikes on. Goddamn slides. Put the goddamn Nikes on. Put the Nikes on. You tiger shoes. You devil knocked this motherfucker. I got you. You wearing you wearing cleats from now on when you leave the house. Oh god. You on the sidewalk? Cleats. You on the elevator? Cleats, bitch. Matter of fact, you ain't even walking. Get this wheelchair. Get your arms in the wheel. Don't don't everywhere now. Skirt, bitch. That's what that's what it sounds like when you walk. Skirt just. Uh, on the road again? Oh, no, okay. <laughs> people, people jump into relationships and even marriages with this thought that um, if something goes wrong or things get complicated, they could just bail. There's no solid foundation in that type of relationship. Someone has to be able to stand in the relationship and to be the foundation and support of the relationship as well as be the grounding force to weather either uh, any storm. Um, but it should be both parties that should be willing to be that, as it may change during um, seasonal quote on weather that that may may um, may appear. Um, so, at some points, it may be both of them standing together as a, as a solid foundation. At one point, it may be one or the other. As we said before, it's not fifty fifty; it's a hundred a hundred. Because sometimes um, that person is not going to have their 50. They're not going to have their one. They're not going to have their negative five. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you need to be there for the entire um, support of the relationship. Um, and you should find somebody who can also be that for you. Huh. I, oh, I, what? Somebody else to I, um, that is so, when Will said that, man, like, I just, like, Man, that is a strong and a hard thing. And I think that even I work to, like, I think that's something that as a human being, like, I really work, in a relationship, I really work to try to be like, I can love you through it. I'm so big on, like, loyalty. It's just so crazy. So it's like, I want to say I can love you through anything. But I, I, I just look at this particular thing, not their relationship, but this particular thing from my shoes. And I say, I say, if we had a motherfucking mutual friend that was sick and we were helping he was in the house with us and the kids and shit and then all of a sudden me and you going through it and then you decide yes you know what i i don't care i'm gonna go and be in a relationship with this nigga oh that was the premise of best man wasn't it no best man was actually 10 times worse 10 times worse because uh she was Football player was constantly cheating on dude or cheating on her or whatever, and then she decided to get back at him with her, his yeah, best friend. But they were together. Yeah. They were together, and that was still his. Yeah, yes. But I'm pretty sure they were together. Her and the football player were still together in this man. She just yeah fucked his best friend. She, she knew the dynamic that she knew the best way to hurt him and to get back at him and to feel better about herself by using his best friend. Yeah. Not, okay. So that was done out of. Um, spite. being vindictive in spite whereas yeah. Jada just needed to feel loved and Alcina needed to feel Jada uh, <laughs> well Alcina needed to feel whole again <laughs> yeah, I bet, yeah, I bet. 
Oh, someone filled the hole a bit. <laughs> All right. This is why you niggas is friends. Um, <laughs> and company. <All> right. <laughs> hey, you passed me the ball. I had to put it in the hoop. <laughs> so did he. All right. So that blanket statement, however, does not. I don't think there were blankets in there. Uh, okay, sorry. I'm done. <laughs> so this blanket statement does not give the partner the right and the privilege to do whatever they feel. It's Agreed. not a catch off for fuck ups. It's not a catch off for you just messing up all the time. Um, if you intentionally hurt a person who has made and shown this claim to you, then you honestly, in my opinion, deserve no one. But yes. be that after me. Say, um, say that, Because Will has seemingly shown that he can love her through or whatever. And not to discredit Jada because she has been the same way for him. Because the, the um, dynamics of their relationship, as they stated, is an open one. And so there's been times that they've gone different places and, and, and done whatever. But it's funny how all of a sudden this one is the most appalling and the most, you know, because it's messy and because of one particular person, it has become messy. Um, I don't know why he thought he could just come in and just take over the relationship because <laughs> that's not how side pieces work, but you know, <laughs> they always give a side to themselves. <laughs> Are y'all not getting this goal? <laughs> Yeah, dude. <laughs> okay, I feel it. <laughs> All right. So now let's talk about the open relationship <laughs> dynamic and what that means. Okay. The yes, professor. Is that <laughs> an open relationship is any different from other relationships? Uh, just like other relationships, it has to be defined um, with what an open relationship means to each party. Um, it just seems that there's more areas of gray because open seems to mean to a lot of people that you can just do whatever you want. Um, but there still has to be a set of rules and guidelines with what is acceptable and what goes out outside the bounds of the relationship that is being formulated here. It still has the PIP 101 mentality. All parties involved really need to have an understanding of all the parties involved. Um, and it should not be something that's a surprise to the people involved um, because that violates any relationship um, boundary. And is this what Will and Jada said that they have? They have an open marriage or an open relationship or something? They have said it. They've uh, said it on um, a few different occasions, um, quote unquote, because still who knows whether that's true or not because... Um, I believe I actually heard them say it, but then again, we don't know the boundaries and the guidelines for their open relationship. So we don't know right. what actually goes on. As McCoy's been saying, you know, we don't know these niggas. We don't know um, what they've agreed upon, what has been disagreed upon, what constitutes cheating in their realm, what constitutes just being in the part of that open relationship. Um, we can only think about how our morals stack against what we see because we're on the outside looking in. Yeah, maybe there was a clause about no fucking sick niggas, and that's what she did. <laughs> or maybe there was no clause at all, and we're just all being nosy and in their business, making it bigger than what it seems. 
it, right. And now they have to be the actors and actresses that they are and make sure this blows up so that way the red table talks stay as interesting as possible. I was thinking if this is like a huge deal to them or if they're just doing like a Jay Z four forty four and Beyonce Lemonade to get money out of it all. Right. Because they're entertainers. At the end of the day, they still got to make money. They still got to stay relevant and all that other stuff. And Lord knows, drama sells. Yeah, that's so great. My my sister uh, was actually on Facebook, and she said, you know, they're actors or whatever. That's what they, they get paid to act and shit like that. And I was like, damn. You know, I, I didn't think about that until she, you know, right before we were recording the pod, I saw it. And I, and I thought about it, like, damn, she's right. You know, she really right. This could all be a fucking facade, like, and then fucking August Alcina could be in a hell. August Alcina and fucking Will Smith could be gay buddies, and they just, like, fucking was like, hey, we're gonna put my, okay. my fake wife in, and, like, it, it, the, all of the shit. Episode I'm saying, 71, <laughs> not politically <laughs> correct. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it could be that. It could be also a conspiracy that um, while we're focused on this, something else the government is doing that's fucked up is happening, and it's going through because <laughs> we can't take the focus on what we really need to focus on. Like Roger Stone um, being uh, granted, um, what is that? Clemency. Clemency, yes. yes. Like them really trying to push this pedophilia um, um, as a sexual orientation and it's starting to show up in social media now. Um, how about um, the whole Kanye West thing, of course, becoming president to pull voters away from Biden to allow Trump to win. Like It's a lot of stuff out there that would be more to the forefront of what we should be focused on instead of this relationship that has nothing to do with nothing. Right. But no, let, let's let's distract everybody with this. <laughs> this is a great idea. A lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, but let's... Um, Will and Jada, they, they trust that relationship, right? Okay, let's fuck it up for a week. I, you know what's so crazy? As you just said that... Wow. This, as you just said that, uh, uh, Russell, and I was thinking about how Kanye West could, you know, be taking... Uh, um, Voters from Biden, obviously, because of, you know, the black vote and, and the cool vote all usually goes to the Democrat. Mm-hmm. So that would t- pull from Trump or pull from Biden and make Trump, you know, president again. And then I was thinking how Kanye West said, you know, when this shit was George Floyd, George Floyd and all that shit started coming out, you know, shit started coming out that Kanye West was never really a Trump fan. He was just kind of using Trump for his own shit, you know. Um, to get like this lady out of prison, all this other shit, and I'm like, what if him and Trump really are just in cahoots right now, and he doing this to like? That's the thing, just like you said about the Will and Judith thing. Is like we will, we don't know, and we will never know because we're not like we don't know them personally, yeah. and we're not in the room when they talk or in their heads. Like it's or, all possibilities. Yeah, yeah. Or then side, or then just a really another quick random like side note. What if Kanye being Kanye and the way he's coming out and saying like abortion is wrong is completely wrong and all this shit like he's being a super 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 right what if he's thinking like maybe I can bleed some votes from Trump to pull him down and he will vote for me and I will leave room for Biden like what if he's just doing like some super underhanded shit that would be like really interesting I'm sorry my brain went in two different scenarios <laughs> with that no because the thing is um, if you if you watch the, the history um, as far as like Excuse me, how the elections progress, and we all know this. You know, um, politics is political, which is which is funny and it's up to me. Right, um, like what it is, <clears throat> music is musical. Right, <laughs> right. Um, the the thing about it is, we um all well, I can't speak for all of you guys, but the majority vote seemed to go for Bernie, 
and then he pulled out and gave us to fighting. Um, the thing that scares me the most is that people will actually vote for Kanye and then Kanye withdraws because Kanye has a new idea every five minutes. Um, <laughs> and Sorry, America, but these where do those votes go then? You know what I'm saying? Right. Do they get added to Trump because he is currently on the Republican <laughs> ticket for some strange reason? Um, or do they just get dismissed and we, we use what we got? Hmm. Or you That know, would it's, be it's, interesting. It's what would happen if a presidential candidate wins presidency and then immediately withdraws? I don't think... If, it would go to the vice president. Because there's a... There, no, because they... Well, it'd be... It, no, because until no, they're sworn in, I think, then yeah, it there would isn't be... A VP. But if it'd be for that, it would just be... I guess either he can't withdraw because he just accepted it or it would go to the the runner up you know yeah it have to go to whoever was next silver medal yeah steve whatever the fuck from the libertarian party is actually the president <laughs> steve whatever the fuck that's his last name yeah. it's german right <laughs> but um this all of this all this is mad uh, the, the the idea of the open relationship when we don't know shit all just being a game and motherfuckers playing in our face. Um, I just thought it was funny the open relationship idea was funny because you everybody has an opinion on, as to like what the open relationship is supposed to be, right? But here's the right. thing: somebody said you motherfuckers. They had put this on Facebook like you motherfuckers not even married or in a, y'all niggas be single. You're not even in a relationship to talk about open relationship rules and policies. Everybody mm-hmm. assumes it's supposed to be a certain thing when in actuality, our idea of what open relationship is so warped because of our egos. And, you know, niggas love to say, I would love an open relationship, but you're not really built for that. you built to have a bunch of friendships that you can fuck on and you pull in when you think it's great <laughs> and make the rules. You're not ready to actually have a woman that you consider your other half and the sexual and 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 emotional at- attachment that y'all allow each other to have with other people be open. Yeah. Yeah. They're not motherfuckers aren't ready for that. You know, they right. think it's some pimp shit where it's like I can just yeah. fuck a bunch they of bitches. They think they're ready for it, <laughs> right, but they're exactly. not. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. And there are rules to every type of relationship no matter what type of relationship it is, no matter what type of attachment, what type of connection it is. There is a, 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 a set of rules and guidelines for um, each of those relationships. They're not always spoken outward, which gets people in trouble, gets feelings hurt, and things of that nature. Uh, because you can feel some kind of way when someone acts too freely, quote unquote, in this free relationship or open relationship. But freedom always comes with a set of laws or a set of guidelines, no matter the situation. Um, yeah. While we live in the home of the free or land of the free, home of the brave, whatever you want to call it, uh, whatever the song says. Um, the there's, there's still so many guidelines and rules and laws and taxes for those free things that we, quote, unquote, uh, free things that we enjoy. Um, so there needs to be a situation to, or a, a conversation about um, the rules that are in place because there has to be probably a more strict um, system or something that is this open to 
catch all of the gray areas because you kind of expand that field. Um, and so there also needs to be a discussion about what happens if someone breaks that rule. Um, is it is it a deal breaker? Is it, you know, is, I'm out because you did this and you knowingly did this. Um, because there's a lot of things that you can't say are accidental um, in relationships right now. They, they, they more likely are intentional or are negligent because your focus on something else, so you're not focused on what you need to be. Yep, yep, yep. And that, that, that's why that loving, that, that, the whole idea of unconditional love, and I said this before, I'll be, and I'm, I'm gonna keep saying this shit. I'm sorry, but, and you, if this makes me a bad human being or a bad significant other, yeah, there's some, there's gonna be some conditions to my love because you ain't be just like do whatever the fuck and then be like, well, even though you did this, and you suck 12 dicks and whatever the fuck. I still love you and want the best for you. <laughs> I actually don't love you at all. And if a semi hit you, I'd be okay with that. Sorry. Sorry. There are there are some conditions to like me as a <laughs> human and my ability to actually love you through whatever. So I just will sit there and I'm like, damn, he's strong. He's a strong individual. So And he is. Side note, super side note. Uh, earlier we were wondering... Um, in the scenario, Kanye won and then dropped out. Who would get the 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 presidency then? It will go to the VP elect. So it. yeah. So after Kanye won, he should have a running or whatever, which would be the VP elect, and the VP elect would take over if Kanye decided to drop in December oh. because of whatever reason. But, <laughs> but I was talking about I was talking about before it even got that far. Um, so. Like, that oh, makes sense. Or the votes even were cast. Like, yeah, so like everybody's November, voting November eighth, and Kanye drops November seventh. Yeah. No, let's say they they drop November eighth, and at ten p.m. November eighth, Kanye decides I'm pulling out. Um, da 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 da. Just like Bernie did when um, um, the votes were cast for um, the the candidates. He pulled out and then gave all the support to Biden, basically. Um, that was just to determine who were going to be the running candidates. Um, that's what I'm saying, is that this race could be, as it closer and closer to the end, and people are sending in their absentee ballots and stuff like that, um, that he could pull out and be like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm doing something else, or, you know, get some fantasial idea and disappear. Um, so, as soon as... As soon as Kanye would announce a running mate, whether it's now or anytime between now and November 8th, I don't know if that's actually the date that we're voting, but this November 8th. Anytime between now and November 8th, the Kanye um, picks a running mate, that running mate will be the president if Kanye decides to drop out anytime between now and November 8th. That's how that goes. <laughs> Um, all right, so then the last thing I wanted to talk about, um, and we kind of touched on it a little bit with the, the unconditional love thing. Um, I want to say first that, um, I, th- I think it's, it's very difficult to love someone unconditionally, they hurt you, and you stay with them and still love them the same. That's that's Ooh, yeah. definitely something that's that's um, that's that's divine in nature, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> right. Because I've I've had 
you know, relationships where I've done something wrong or the other person has done something wrong, and I still um, care that they're okay and care that they're doing well. Um, but the relationship but dynamics changed. Them, right. To be, to try to be with them and, and develop that whole relationship and connection again is very difficult, if non-existent. <laughs> so to be able to do that is is crazy to me. Um, but then there's also the idea of consistency and, and loyalty, um, not just to the person, but to the idea slash ideals of the relationship. And that's where unconditional love comes in because unconditional love doesn't say I love you because you love me or I love you because I love this about you. It says because of who I am, I love you. And that's it. Just because of who I am. Um, it has nothing to do with, with you, with what you do, what you've done to me. It's because of who I am and who I say I am. I love you and I'm going to show you that. That idea of love is a foreign concept to most of the population, which makes his statement all the more um, deafening um, to hear because it's like, you know, I can love you through whatever. That is a crazy blanket statement, but that's, I think, how you kind of have to be in a marriage. Um, if you're really doing this covenant thing and going before who you believe in and the people as witnesses, you're stating to them that because of who I am, I am going to continue to love, cherish, have, hold, keep, um, through sickness, through health, to death to us part. Because of who I am, I make this covenant between all of you about this person. And a lot of people don't understand the um, the strength of that covenant or the, the load of that covenant, the burden of that covenant, because it's something you're not just making to the person in front of you, but to all who have witnessed it and to the higher power that is sitting over this covenant. God. Right. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't really take marriage seriously anyways. The way that marriage has been portrayed over the years, especially in uh, the media, you can get married to somebody, and then a week later, this ain't working, so I'm going to get divorced. Of course, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Right, a month later, this ain't working, I'm going to bounce. So marriage right. is just as easy to get in as it is to get out of. Marriage is not um, held to such a high standard as you and I would say about it, or I, I would hope a lot of people would say about it. Marriage just isn't that serious of a thing anymore. And right. I think Which that's is why, why I stress the covenant, not just the marriage, because the marriage is what the piece of paper, and the judge being like, "Yep, y'all two uh, got to pay taxes together or whatever." <laughs> well, I guess that depends on how you look at it. If that's how you look at marriage, then yeah, the covenant is the important thing for me. Marriage is the whole encompassing thing. It's it's the well, the thing it's is the like, covenant. Like it's the other person. The, yeah, like like we were saying before, like marriage a piece of paper doesn't change your relationship you guys like that shouldn't change anything and it doesn't it's like you guys right. have to have you know that same love and trust and communication and all of that before during and after like yeah that's why i hate the that's why i hate the concept of like you're only gonna get the full person once you get married i mean it's 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 
it's a cool thing to say because it's like uh, it, what it kind of leads to is like oh man marriage will just make things better that's cool to say but i want to know that as a human being you fuck with me on every level before before i commit right. to being like i'm gonna be with you for the rest of my life i want you to well, be, still... i want you to love me the right way way before i'll be like okay ring i want you to love me well enough so i'm like this motherfucker deserves this goddamn ring because i can't let i can't let how we love each other bypass me i can't let that go to somebody else because i love her enough to like i don't like i think that's a general um guy's mentality you should give me everything right now before we get married so i can judge and figure out if you're who i want to be married to whereas women say no i'm not going to do that i'm going to give you x amount because this is how you're treating me when we're when you're fully committed to me when you show me that you want to really be with me the rest of my life which is marriage now you unlock all unlock. Uh, yeah you After unlock you all the, the, game, all the extra, the extra like, <laughs> well no i know see, that i have a deal guys <laughs> we think that we beat the game and now we get everything else no uh to females the marriage part that's a part of the gaming that's that's a part of the love you have to beat you have to get to the marriage thing, and now you have unlocked everything, and now we get to experience the rest of the video game. Until you get to that point, you haven't finished whatever game you're talking about. Girls see, are EA Sports. I'm thinking that they're not in the game looking at. No, I, <laughs> I see the way I'm thinking. The way I always look at it is like, and this just might be me. Like when I'm with you, I'm already riding. Like I don't think. I don't think I'm always gonna grow as a human being, but I don't think I'm gonna get any better by any ring that goes on. Like I'm already trying to like full speed ride for you, be about you, do things, be better as a person for you, without the like I'm trying. And I think, yeah. and I, you know what's crazy? I said the same thing. You know what's crazy? <laughs> you know what's crazy though? I think I had this conversation. I was kind of having the conversation about it was it was something around we were talking about last night, and I'm like, well, I'm always, you know, the way I give out of jump and maybe this is my fault as a human is that i'm too loyal too trusting too too motherfucking like okay I'm, I'm with it let's roll with it let's go i'm too that in terms of how i love or how i ride with a motherfucker whether it be friends or whatever the fuck because if we're talking about marriage i'm like what i'm doing for you is to show you like yo hey you ain't never gotta worry about my commitment to you prior to me getting the ring like i don't like yeah i don't think it's the commitment or anything that changes but because i was saying the same exact thing before i got married like i'm i'm not going to change how i'm going to treat you i'm going to love you the same maybe love you even more if that's even possible i'm always going to be committed i'm going to be ts today tomorrow that's just how it is that nothing's going to change but even leading up to the date of the wedding i felt that as soon as the vows are said, and as soon as you say I do, and the woman standing in front of you is your life partner, like in front of everybody, you have admitted that this is the woman that you're trying to live the rest of your life with, something changes. I don't know what that thing is, but something changes. And it's I think like, it changes uh, for the better. It's like uh, you are at a store and you see other people going to this one area and um, maybe they're taking things off the shelf and putting them back and taking things off the shelf and putting them back. And then you get into the aisle and then you look down and be like, oh, I have this badge on. That means I work here. 
so my responsibility is to make sure things stay in order. Um, it's it's a different thing for different people in their different, situ- different situations. Um, <clears throat> the thing about um, marriage, the covenant, the whole thing, um, every part of it is supposed to be uh, symbolic. So the actual covenant of going before people and them bearing witness to you no longer being one per uh, two people, but that single person, that single entity, um, for each other, um, for me and my faith, and for TS, um, the declaration to God that I will be a steward over this person you said is to be with me for the rest of my life, and I'm showing you that I can demonstrate your unconditional love to them for the rest of my life, and then the ring that represents that never-ending bond. Um, because of the circular nature and it has no openings, it's single and it's enclosed. It's it's all symbolic. And it's expensive and shiny. <laughs> it's all. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> got to be able to. got to be able to see it. Um, but uh, so I can just see you putting so, the ring so, on her so, finger and be like, you know, I got you. <laughs> Forever. Um, <laughs> Yes, the lines of I do. Fuck the marriage of the week. <laughs> Fun fact, did you know the rings are forever? Or, uh, uh, <laughs> but not like I said, not just to the person, but to the idea of the relationship, that consistency um, has to be to those guidelines. And what is consistent to me, per se, may not be consistent to her and vice versa. And that's where those conversations, again, those those set of those uh, set of rules and guidelines and things need to be discussed, so that what denotes loyalty to her, as it may not be the same set of standards I have, we can come together for the same standard and be closer in that regard. Because now we know what each other expects. Now we know what the boundaries of the relationship are, and we will continue to have these conversations to dig deeper and to be. Um, more consistent with each other. A lot of people don't buy into the concept that consistency is a mutual thing. I see it online all the time that um, um, niggas ain't consistent. Niggas ain't consistent because they didn't call me every day at the same time for seven months straight. They missed that one month three where they called me at six instead of five. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's different things. I got in a car accident. Right. Um, and you didn't tweet about it or call me? Fuck you. <laughs> the point where I had um, crashed and passed out one time, and I didn't hear from this person for a while, and I'm like, yo, hey, what's going on? You good? And they were like, well, you know, you've been inconsistent. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I was literally almost an hour, but you couldn't have the decency to call and check on me. You know, pride kills a lot relationships. Um, that pride of, I'm not going to hit them first, I'm not going to say this because of this. That pride and that pettiness spirit kills a lot of relationships before they um, could be what they're meant to be or reach the potential of what they could, um, could hey, turn Bulma, into and could develop. Bulma and Vegeta seem to be strong. <laughs> He's got a lot of pride. <laughs> but it also demonstrates how much he loves and cares about her when it matters. Definitely. He shows in his own way. And you can see him changing over the course of the whole um, the whole saga um, in which he 
has become a softer, kinder Prince of All Saints. <laughs> Even though he's technically the, the king of All Saints now, but I guess he just don't want to graduate. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of responsibility. And, yeah. Um, personally, this is something that I, I for myself have to work on. Um, if something has been established as the norm, I usually follow through until I'm shown differently, and then I act accordingly. Um, it's not the best way to handle things. I admit. Um, that's a, I, sometimes I can become really cold and distant because I don't recognize how the other person is moving now or how they're behaving anymore, and they're not showing me them. Uh, I'm lost as who, to who they are. The proper response to that should be pressing forward if I'm really as connected to this person and as interesting and as um, as loving to this person as I say I am that I need to show it. I need to figure out, yo, is there something changed? Is something going on? Because then at the least, I can figure out what's going on and then help build the vibe stronger or aid them in giving them the release they need uh, from the relationship. So the consistency thing is a mutual thing and it has to be something that's approached on all levels. In this the relationship we've been discussing this whole time with Will and Jada, um, there has been, and I, that's what I like about the relationship, is, or as far as what I can see, <clears throat> there's been consistent conversation. There's been um, times where it was not an easy thing for them to um, confront each other um, or even to embrace each other because of things that have been going on um, in the media and the outside, um, outside the territory of the relationship that has been affecting the relationship. Um, um, the different children and things of that nature, all the dynamics that make up their relationship, which are now being made comical due to this sideshow Bob wig, I remember. Um, I will kill um, you, Bart Simpson. The fact still remains that even through it all, and people can talk about how the red table was fake or how she was playing him and all that stuff that they are still partners. They are still, um, even when they made the joke, bad marriage for life, it was hilarious. Um, but they get each other and they understand each other. And there you can see that there's still a loyalty there. There's still a, a love. There's still a connection. Um, that is phenomenal. Um, I'm all about black love and, and when it's done right, um, even when there are signs of there being some inconsistencies and some some um, imperfections, um, I think that goes to make the relationship um, all the more stronger. Um, I hope things continue to go well for them. Um, well, yeah, they continue to go well for them, that they go forward with each other and that people who are on the outside looking in um, give it a rest and work on their own relationships with themselves first and with the people around them and that this really inspires people to just be better people. Yep. Work on your goddamn self because what, what one thing that we saw in this, we saw and I, and I, gotta, I gotta point this out we saw Will Smith the nigga that y'all been like, is like, like the fucking pinnacle of mental great mental health and how great of a human being he you know how able he is to like 
transcend all this other shit. We saw we him, saw we Superman saw, become Clark Kent. We saw him be petty as fuck in that in that thirteen minutes where she was like, you know, this and the third, you got me back, and he was like, he basically was like, nah, he was like. He, she was like, I don't look at it like us getting each other back. He's like, oh, I do. And then and he said something about getting her back. He's like, I'm going to get you in or some shit like that. We saw Will Smith, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, be petty. Be fucking, that is, that is, that those, all those statements are very bad to, to, to me. Because every religious I, I saw looking in, I don't want to be talking to my woman like, yeah, I'm going to get your ass. But like that right there. <laughs> and then you could tell it's kind of like a joke, but also on some real hurt nigga shit. Cause we've all we're niggas and we've been hurt, and you know it's like some all right, bitch. Like I got <laughs> that's how he was kicking it to her, like on some like like yeah, ha ha ha, you know, all right, all right, all right, you know, like it was like it was like yeah, you know what? It's cool, it's cool, it's cool. It was one of those moments from Will Smith. Hey, you even saw her like not be real forthcoming. Like she was honest, but it was like it was like she said what got me is she said I haven't talked to August in so long. You've been doing this show about what a year and a half, and she he was on Red Table Talk, so right. it ain't been that long, right? It ain't been. Don't act like you yeah. ain't talking, and then four years pass, and now we're here, and you ain't spoke to this nigga like. Mm. Right, that's that's a stretch, even because why would he be coming out four years later? Um, you know, what I'm saying this ain't no rape allegations or no um, drug allegations or things of that nature. Yeah, no, I didn't mean no, to laugh at that. No piss allegations or nothing. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that that's that's really what it for me. For me, it was that was key. Is just to like, you can't be like these are goals or whatever. You can't be like another human being. I wanna be like y'all. When I, you know what I'm saying? Like that shit is you really gotta find who you are because then when if you know to a degree who you are to to the best degree or the best ability you know who you are, linking with other people and trying to grow within their life or be a part of their life. It's gonna be easier because you're gonna link with somebody who is compatible with who you are. You're not gonna know yourself and then let yourself be with a motherfucker that's not good for you. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not gonna know yourself and be like, you know, like I'm a nigga that like pizza, and then be with a motherfucker that hate niggas that like pizza. You know, like that shit don't work. Right. There's no gel. Like shit <laughs> has to fucking gel at some point. Like. There's, you can do as much work as you want in a relationship, but at some point, you got to look back and be like, okay, but is the, the foundation there? Like, are we, do we gel on the, like, do I get mad when you eat fucking pickles? Like, and what is my You're issue? Good, bro. Like, like, what is my issue? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's what you have to make sure that you that you gel. And and I think that everybody being like, this is Dr. Dope. Scholes. Yeah, right. Exactly. And that's the same episode. That you got to make sure that you fucking, <laughs> you fucking gel, Dr. Scholes, and you don't, don't be looking at what another motherfucker got me like oh my god they are goals because that's not how this works bro you know what i'm saying you could say women's they're goals however the fuck but i know as happy as they looked on television ain't no way i'm gonna be like let's have an open relationship you know what i'm saying no matter what the right. dynamic you know i just know that i'm not built for that i know i'm not built for that type of shit so you know what i'm saying so yeah man know yourself <laughs> final thoughts russ they gotta gave my final thoughts twice. Um, y'all always come back to more shit. Um, this is my final thought. No, I'm just <laughs> my final thought is shut up. Think about this. <laughs> All right, fuck them story no, of the week. Um, seriously, uh, the, the the thing that I take away from this um, is as employees and saying. So I just wanted to thing, add real quick that. <laughs> Hey, Cody is notorious for that though. Like, yeah, I feel it, and da 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 da. 
I'd be like, shut your... No, I I said final thoughts. But um, I think this just all points back to how human we can be. Um, And that's okay. I don't think that we should stop being human um, and expect perfect people because there are no perfect people. Um, what I think we should do is work on first loving ourselves, knowing ourselves, finding ourselves, as McCoy has been saying through this whole um, segment, and that that will aid us in learning how to love other people. Um, that's the main takeaway from this, um, because this see the loyalty thing will come once you learn how to be consistent and loyal to yourself and learn how to love and appreciate and allow yourself to set those standards of respect so that you don't allow people to take advantage of you and that you also have the ability to show that same respect, care, and love for someone else. Hell yeah. So, final thoughts, Rose? <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> that's, what, uh, that's what Jada said to August and shit. Right. Yeah, but come in a few weeks, she'll uh, be in <laughs> August. November. <laughs> oh. She'll be gone to November. <laughs> well, on the same topic of um, relationships, I couldn't find a fucked up for story of the week. So instead, I present yes, to you. Yes, I think um, you're not trying, man. <laughs> Yo, I am, bro. I even expanded uh, news sites, so I, I usually just pull everything from Daily Mail. I've been reading Daily Mail, JS Online, Fox 6 News, WISN, oh, he's uh, searching, Fox searching. National <laughs> News, and NBC. Yes, I read a lot of fucking news for the whole week, man. All the I'm trying, man. I'm just really trying to find these fucked up stories. <laughs> but, um, so... Fantastic story of the week. Since we're on the topic of relationships, it's funny. I had like three or four, and one of them was actually a really, really good one. This one's pretty good, too. But relationships. The title of this one is An Organ Man Driving a Stolen Vehicle Crashes into a Woman Also Driving a Stolen Vehicle. They, uh... <laughs> I think I've seen it. I think I've seen it. Yeah, there was a car crash Sunday that resulted in both drivers being arrested after police in Oregon discovered... They were both driving stolen vehicles. Uh, one of the guys, Randy Cooper, uh, stole a Land Cruiser before he crashed into a Buick Regal. And when the cops went to go check on the chick that he just crashed into, realized that she had just stole the Buick Regal. And it's just a match made in jail, I guess. But yeah, relationship goals. And then the... Fun fact of the week has nothing to do with relationships, but with speeding. Not really speeding, I guess, but speed. <laughs> Fun fact is if you sneeze while traveling at 60 miles per hour, your eyes are closed for an average of 50 feet. <laughs> Wait, what? I get it. <laughs> so <laughs> if you sneeze, while traveling at 60 miles per hour, your eyes are closed for an average of 50 feet. This is why they say, uh, another reason why oh. they 
try to tell you not to text while driving, especially at high rates of speed, because your eyes are down for however long, and that's a super long distance because you're still moving forward at whatever speed. So, yeah. Fun facts and fantastic story of the week. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, see? Good. <laughs> I'm glad. And thank you, McCoy, for last week's uh, suggestion of finding fun, fantastic stories. Not just fantastic stories, because there was one about um, a doc, a uh, nursing <laughs> student. He's like, I'm going to tell it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, quick, uh, there was a nursing student who came up with a book that showed um, skin diseases on dark skin and versus light skin. So uh, medical students will be able to use this book to see, oh, wow, this black person has some kind of rash, and it's not just based off of white people's skin. So, yeah, that happened, too. This person is really tan. Dog. <laughs> and that's been episode 71 of Not Politically Correct. <laughs> That's the homie Real McCoy, and I'm the homie TS. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at CNovaKPZ. McCoy? Back, back to me. It's your boy, McCoy, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. What They Do, a.k.a. Young Slash God. You can find me really on Twitter at Real McCoy, KPZ. Now pass me the rock. <laughs> Who the fuck passed hey. you the mic? Boom, 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 boom. It's Cody. It's an and one commercial on here. Close them out, bitch. I she recording everything. <laughs> Spongebob's like an old spice guy Oh lord He is The bar <laughs> out there. Eddie Russ Snap fat chattyus Fat snap <laughs> What is it? Fatty Fatty is snap It has nothing to do with that No a fat T-H Chattyus Snap chattyus Yeah that's what I said Chattyus is snap It's Yep uh, can the community see again? You can find us at places and things and such. That's an airplane. Because it's buoyancy. Alright, bro. Alright, listen. We be on shit, right? And this, this shit includes Facebook. So we got a page and we got a group. Not politically correct is the group. The page is uh, NPC Podcast. Uh, Twitter, we are there at Not PC Podcast. Um, and you can listen to us on um, fucking uh, <laughs> SoundCloud, Podcast <laughs> App, Spreaker, Google Play, motherfucking um, all that shit. All that shit. We there. We got them things. Just, you know, search uh, Not Politically Correct. This has been a great episode, by the way. But on that note, <laughs> gang. <laughs> Why doesn't it ever fucking stop when I say gang? <laughs> 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 <laughs>